0: Welcome to Keeping Up With Life, where we empower you with health, business and family life strategies for you to live your best days. I'm your host, Pippa Hansen. I'm the CEO, a mother of teenagers and have a passion to live an active and healthy life. Each episode contains practical tips and insights on how you can succeed in all aspects of your life, delivered to you in bite-sized pieces to implement straight away. This episode is brought to you by the Sports Injury Clinic, whose mission is to enhance the lives of its clients, staff, other professionals, and the greater community. Welcome to another episode of our podcast. This week's guest is Jamie Barnes. Jamie's an exercise physiologist. He's happily married and has a beautiful little five-month-old girl. Welcome, Jamie. Hi, Pip. Thanks for having me. Welcome. I'm excited about today's topic because it sounds uh, really interesting, and I know nothing about it, Um, but... I know that our audience will love it. So REDS, tell yeah, us about it. It's something that not
1: um, not a lot of people are overly familiar with. So REDS is an acronym which stands for Relative Energy Deficiency in Sport um, and it used to be called the Female Athlete uh, Triad or Triad. Um, so generally thought of as something that, that affects predominantly females but the more research comes out that's coming out at the moment sort of um, suggests that, you know, males are are susceptible to it as well. Um, But a lot of the research has been sort of around female populations and um, it's essentially um, characterised by low energy availability. Um, So I I guess if we, we look at that as a mismatch between energy input um, and energy output. Um, so talking about diet and then um, exercise, athletic performance, those sort of things.
0: So it sounds quite simple when you put it like that, but obviously there's a reason there's been so much research around it.
1: Yeah, well, it's um, it's something that uh, has sort of I guess come to come to be known through um, obviously if we're looking in the context of exercise something that's affecting um, athletic uh, performance and, and sports performance but also uh, general health as well. Um, so I think it's something that's that's rightly been looked into a little bit further in terms of how can we look after the person as an athlete but also as a person as well. Um, because- so are we, t-
0: are we talking all sorts of levels of um, sport then, from your elite athlete to you, you know, Person that wants to run 10Ks or...
1: Yep, yep, for sure. So I, I guess it applies to anybody who's, um, you know, for whatever reason, a lot of the time it's dietary, but, but for other reasons as well, um, if you're expending a lot of energy but you're not getting that energy back through through food um, or through your diet, then that's going to, to potentially lead to these issues if it continues to go untreated. So, um, you know, it's, it, it can be seen in, in elite athletes, but it's also um, not uncommon to sort of see it in more of your your local local sport athletes or even your, your everyday person who um, might be a running enthusiast and is training for a marathon or something like that as well.
0: It's interesting around the food side of it because I um, recently had a conversation with someone who was training to do a half marathon and she was saying she really struggled to eat before she ran. Mm-hmm. So, is it as simple as that? Like, people don't know how to eat or when to eat, or or is it more? Is it more scientific? Yeah,
1: it's. I guess it's hard to answer because it's a very broad thing in terms of the circumstances around how it can develop. Um, but it's. Uh, I guess it comes back to. Um, I guess trying to get to the root cause of is it because. Um, someone can't eat before before they run, but then I guess sort of looking into that. Then if they're if they're getting that energy back after they run, then it's probably not going to be such a long term issue. I guess I guess we're looking more in that long term sort of window. Whereas if someone's um, not eating as much day to day, but then their their um, energy out is not um managing is not sorry matching their energy um going in then that's that sort of that accumulated period over time um of of eating a a diet that's that's not very dense in in energy um that's probably where you're going to sort of start to see more issues i i don't think it's so much of an acute issue more as a as a chronic long term oh yeah yeah,
0: okay chronic all right so tell us more about that then what are we what's it looking like long term
1: yeah so and there as I, i mentioned the the um, effects on on performance um, or effects on physical activity. So um, obviously if somebody has a lack of energy, um, their, their output's going to be compromised. Um and their training outputs going to be compromised as well, which means that you know the way that you adapt to your training is not necessarily going to be as effective as what it would be if you if you're supporting yourself well from a nutritional perspective, um, but also more broadly from from a health perspective. Um, there's a number of there's a number of things that you know over time can sort of start to become a bit of a concern as well. So we can go into a little bit more depth yeah, um, with that good. if you'd like to. So there's, a, there's there's quite a few different topics, um, well, sorry, quite a few different aspects um, that get considered. So I guess from from an endocrine point of view, you know there can be alterations in your thyroid function over time, um, changes in your appetite regulating hormones, which has obvious sort of effects on you know whether someone's going to be able to get enough energy, and if if they haven't got the appetite for it, then that's going to obviously restrict them a little bit more. Um, and then at a hormonal level as well, um, there's. Increase resistance to growth hormones so if people um, are looking at sort of building strength or, um, or whatever it is in the gym then there's going to be more resistance to that because of um, for, at a hormonal level um, and then also elevations in cortisol which we know is our stress
0: hormone as well so funnily we're... enough we did a whole episode on that um, last week oh great so, so you yeah. know all about that yeah. then. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, so many of these hormonal changes usually occur to conserve energy for the more important functions that, that the body has. Um, so it's sort of it, I guess using the body's reserve to try and um, try and account for that. So um, from a hormonal level, that's, uh, that's sort of one of the things to, to consider, particularly yeah.
0: Yeah. And what else in terms of um, so you said it's more of a chronic problem, but I suppose along the short term, is the acute side of it then a risk of injury? if you're not recovering properly yeah. and yeah
1: potentially, so from an injury perspective if you're um if you're not recovering well between between training sessions, so again it can be it can be an athlete who trains three or four times a week um on the field or on the track it can be someone who's you know training for the marathon for example if you're not recovering well between training sessions um you know, there's going to be that increased risk in injury um, and that can happen at a soft tissue level. So we're looking at muscles, um, but it can also happen from a bone perspective as well. And another one of the effects of, um, of this um, uh, triad is that um, there's an effect on, on bone mineral density. So that's when we can sort of start to see stress fractures, especially in endurance um, athletes or people training for an endurance event that um, puts them at risk of, of developing a stress fracture or some other bony injury as well throughout that time.
0: Well, you think of, um, or I would have thought stress fractures were just a result of pounding the road too long. Yeah.
1: So it's interesting to hear you yeah. say. And, and I guess you are right in that sense. Um a very, it, very I,
0: naive. I guess response got, for me to say no, but well, for looking at it in depth, yeah, but, like you've just described, you're completely it.
1: right. But I guess if I guess having that low energy availability probably puts you at a further risk of that happening. So you know, we've got the um, we've got the stimulus of you know that continual pounding of um, of the pavement. If you're a runner, for example, but then if you combine that with then having lower bone mineral density, then you know it's a it's a perfect storm for for a bony stress injury to pop up.
0: Yeah, and so what signs? Are people looking for in themselves? How do athletes of any level recognise that this is an issue? Yeah, this is probably
1: one of the um, one of the difficult things to pick up with this, and I, and I think that that's probably why there's a lot of research going into it at the moment in terms of well, how do we how do we pick it up early? A lot of it's um, very much a team. Um, a team effort so if you're someone that works with a coach um or if you're someone that visits your gp regularly um you know it's, it's generally picked up more from a subjective um perspective so um if you're someone who goes to your coach or you go to your gp and just to say i'm feeling really lackluster you know i don't feel like i've got much energy um you know starting to tease things out based on what you're being told or what you're telling, um, you know, your specialist or your coach or whoever it is, um, and then starting to put the pieces together from there. So it's, um, it's certainly very much a, a team-based approach in terms of trying to sort of get to the root cause of the problem and then start to start to work away at it from there.
0: So as well as um, not feeling 100% or tired, what other, what other signs might there be or symptoms?
1: Yeah. Yep. So, um, I guess in terms of, in terms of symptoms becoming unwell more frequently, we know that, um, reds has, um, an effect on a negative effect on your immune system as well. So if you, if you're getting your, your common colds or you're becoming unwell more regularly, um, we spoke before about just a general, um, general sluggishness and, and lack of energy just day to day, but also in your training as well. um, uh, your sports performance—if you—if you do compete, um, your sports performance becoming compromised too. Um, so these are the little things that you know when they start to add up, start to point or potentially point in this sort of direction as well. Um, there is also for for certain um, for certain people as well, if if you're displaying behaviours that lead or that point towards eating disorders as well, um, you know that that can be a that can be a pretty um, a pretty good sign as well. There's maybe something like this.
0: And how does that pop in? Is that it you normally associate um, athletes or people that are taking care of themselves as, as also eating very healthy? Mm-hmm. So how does the eating disorders come into that? Uh, I guess
1: it depends on the circumstance, but I guess if you're someone who's competing in a sport or, um, you know, participate in an activity where um, there's sort of weight divisions, so if we're looking at, say, potentially let's say, for example, martial arts athletes, people that um, horse riding, jockeys, equestrian, those sort of things, if you have to maintain a certain weight for what you're um, participating in, then that can sort of feed into that as well. If you, if you have to try and minimise your energy intake to then be able to make that particular weight. Um, but, uh, you know, we, we generally do associate um, people that are active with fueling themselves properly, but um, you know that that doesn't always uh, that doesn't always go to plan, especially if there's a if there's a weight loss element to it as well. If people are trying to sort of reach a certain weight or maintain a certain weight, then it might come at the cost of energy expenditure in in two ways. One way being that they're not eating as much as they should be, or two, they're they're over exercising to to be able to reach those goals.
0: Yeah. Wow. Okay. So is it as simple as food? What can what can an individual do to to minimize this and you said at the start it was traditionally a female but the research is now saying it's affects males as well
1: mm, that's right um, there's a number of ways that, that you can approach it and uh, as I said before that that team-based approach is, um, is is the way to go about it so involving if you are someone that's training under a coach um, you know involving a coach in the process as well um, GPS I think from an if it's a if it's a food issue certainly um, a dietitian or a nutritionist as well, just to to try and um, give some structure around your your diet. Um, but uh, working together with all of these people to to try and come up with different strategies. So, you know, if, if it is a if it is an exercise related thing, then come out with strategies to be able to continue to achieve whatever goals you've got set, but doing it in a way where um, we're not burning as much energy through, you know, potentially training. Training into a way that might not be as um, what's the word uh, appropriate or specific to what their needs are. So a lot of people, for example, I'll use running just because that's yeah. my background. A lot of people will um, will cover more mileage than what they actually need to on a weekly basis because they feel like that's what the that's what they need. Um, so I guess optimizing your training um, through the use of an exercise physiologist or a strength coach or whatever it is um, to to try and make sure that you're not Um, you're not using unnecessary energy if you you are on that sort of fine line between over and under.
0: Yeah, and I suppose uh, having known you in terms of the running, some of the training is definitely the running Then your body needs to get used to that. But the other part of that training is the strength and conditioning, isn't it, and actually getting the muscles ready for that running.
1: Yeah, that's right. Um, And, you know, you could probably apply that to a lot of sports as well. You know, uh, from a physiological level, if you you have got stronger muscles, it's... It's um, less energy cost for the body to, to do that at those repetitive tasks like running or cycling, whatever it is. So, um, you know, uh, and uh, that's probably where the guidance of an exercise physiologist or a, or a conditioning coach or whatever it is comes into play, um, you know, to, to optimise a lot of the processes within the body to be able to, to manage what you're trying to do better.
0: So how do you give people that information? How do you get um people on board that that's the right thing if they're training for something and they're just wanting to do more of that running or more of that riding or how do you i suppose rein them in
1: yeah i mean it's it's probably a lot through through education um and it can be especially for endurance athletes because they're they're generally pretty stubborn people so um it's uh the the best approach is just to try and educate them on, um, and, you know, and, and show them facts as well in regards to, you know, what they're currently doing and, and ways that they could, be, you know, potentially optimise that and, I guess, examples of how it's worked in the past. I think if you can if you can show somebody um, that how what you're suggesting is going to work, then they'll be more open to, to giving it a go. And certainly if they've seen that it's it's worked well for other people in the past, then, then they're more likely to adopt it. But... Um, yeah, it, it is a difficult one because, you know, you, you get some people, especially people that are training by themselves, they they have ways that have worked for them in the past and they generally don't want to stray too far from that. But um, certainly if, uh, if there is a better way to – or not necessarily a better way, but if there is an alternate way to go about it that's going to be, you know, less, uh, less cost on the body, then we want to try and explore that for sure.
0: Yeah. So how – when you said it's more of a chronic illness or um... – not illness. You wouldn't call it illness more of a chronic condition. Yeah. yeah. So what's the time frame of that building up?
1: Um, it it occurs over a number of months, um, and again, it's sort of variable from person to person, depending on on the severity of their um, deficit. Um, but it's 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 probably, and I guess when you consider things like bony stress injuries. Uh, can sometimes be a prior of that. They're not usually something that happen overnight. So um, it's when you sort of start to see those effects in the weeks and months um, after it's become an issue. Um, another one that I didn't talk about before um, is sort of iron levels as well. So it might not be until a few months after you've started to feel a bit funny that you go to the doctor and you get your iron levels checked and you find that they're really low. Um that you sort of start to think that there's maybe something more at play. So it's generally those effects that sort of come in the months after that that balance has started to to be thrown out.
0: Yeah, and is there a specific age that it affects more than others?
1: No, I, I good question. <laughs> I'll look further into that. <laughs> but um, but off the top of my head, I, I think m- most age groups would be vulnerable to it. Um, you know, d- depending on depending on the the level of activity of the person. Yeah, if if you're if you're someone who's you know participating in an exercise or a sport at a high um, at a high frequency, um, and you're not getting your correct nutritional intake, you know you're going to be vulnerable. I think, regardless of age.
0: Yeah, and I suppose yeah. it comes back to that whole um, listening to your body. Just because you've got an, an, another training session lined up, if you've got things that don't feel right. Then don't keep pushing through. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And I'm I'm a massive advocate for listening to your body if if you're an athlete or a person at any sort of level of sport participation. um, You know, I think there's a sign up in our corridor somewhere that said, because those little aches and pains aren't normal. Yeah. Um, You know, that's that's, um, something that I say to people all the time. Your body will tell you if there's something not right. So whether it's an ache or pain or whether it's feeling generally fatigued when you know you shouldn't be, um, it's, it's certainly something that's worth checking in on.
0: Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with missing a training session or adjusting a training session. No, that's if right. If you've got those issues, yep, absolutely. yeah, absolutely.
1: It's a um, you know, I think people tend to look at training as um, you know, sort of like a week to week thing, and I need a, these specific numbers this week. Um, you know, otherwise my performance is going to be compromised. But I tend to look at training as sort of a rolling um thing, sort of over you know across a number of weeks and months. So that uh, that approach allows you to sort of make those little changes as needed. So. You know, it's not um, it's not the end of the world if you miss a training session, and it's not the end of the world if you back off on a training session compared to what you thought you were going to do for that particular session. Um, you know, if, if the end result is keeping your body healthier over a long period of time,
0: yeah, fantastic. And sleep does that play into this at all? Um,
1: haven't looked too much into into sleep. I haven't seen too much in in the research into into the effects of sleep, but um, you know, in terms of the the general processes of the body they're they're much more optimized when you're going off a full night of sleep and they're very much impaired when you're when your sleep's been compromised so um whether it's in regards to reds or sort of any other sort of health issue um sleep is a is something that i feel like not nearly enough people prioritize um but it's it's such an important factor in our overall health
0: great yeah i agree I know i feel much better when I've had a good night's sleep. Yeah, I,
1: I, I read a fun fact. Well, it's not a fun fact, but I read a fact um, yesterday because obviously um, at, at the time of recording our clocks are going to be going forward um, with daylight saving. Um, and this particular article that I read showed that there's a twenty, I think it was a 24% increase in heart attacks on the Monday after daylight savings comes in, and then there's... An associated decrease when the clocks go back again, and we gain an hour of sleep. So because that, of the lack of sleep, because of the lack of sleep, and people think that one hour doesn't make much difference, but but those uh, those stats would tell you otherwise. So it just sort of plays to the importance of of sleep in our in our you know general day to day health and well being.
0: Yeah. And we, well, you'll start to know now that a um, baby that doesn't get much sleep isn't very pleasant.
1: Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm a walking, living example of that today. <laughs> she was a, she was a late settler and an early riser in <laughs> the last twenty four
0: hours. Oh well, thank you because you've uh, certainly been able to still give us some fantastic information today. So, is there anything else that we need to know about Reds that we haven't touched on? Um, I think,
1: uh, I think the overall message is just to. As we spoke about before, just keep um, keep on top of your of listening to your body, and identifying and bringing up to whether it's a coach, whether it's a doctor, a nutritionist, anything that anything that comes up that doesn't feel right to you, um, it, it might be it might be nothing, or it might be a really quick fix. But if it's left to um, if it's left to develop over time, it might become something that's not so pleasant like a bony stress injury or, um, you know, one of those other things that we spoke about earlier. So um, Which, think- and those
0: things, can be distressing whether you're an elite athlete or a, you know, weekend warrior. If you're putting your sort of heart and soul into an achievement or even if it's just general, you know, activity and all of a sudden you get injured... Yep. It really messes with people, doesn't it? Really, yeah,
1: exactly right. So I think um, I think from an energy perspective, or an, sorry, an energy intake perspective, if you've got any any queries or um, any uncertainties at all, then to, to approach a dietitian or a nutritionist to, to discuss with them because you know they're. they're Clearly, the experts in the in the field, um, you know, a lot of this slow energy availability can come about through fad diets and those sort of things that we know a lot of people um, participate in sort yes. of sporadically. So, um, you know, that if you're someone who isn't quite sure on what to eat, but you've you've seen this diet advertised somewhere and you want to give it a go, then that actually could be putting you at a greater risk as opposed to, um, you know, as opposed to sort of going and seeing a dietitian or a nutritionist who can tailor um, a food plan to you and what your energy needs are.
0: Yeah, I've heard over time that often people who are um, either trying to lose weight or, and I know this is about food and not weight loss, but often don't eat enough. They Mm. try to lose weight so they minimise their food intake thinking that's right, but actually they need to eat more. So if that's your general population, let alone your your athlete or your weekend warrior. Yep,
1: that's right, and that's where I think um, you know having that sort of tailored um, food plan through a nutritionist or a dietitian comes in handy. You know, they they consider you as a person, and not um, not you as a demographic or um, you know a particular age group or or. Gender or whatever it is, you know. I think, um, I think it's important that that everybody's got a plan that's sort of best best suited to them and their needs, as opposed to sort of an overarching um, an overarching plan.
0: Yeah, fantastic. Okay, so to wrap it up, we're looking out for low energy or feeling uh, sluggish. Potential that you may be getting the cold and flu a bit more often than you normally would. Um, you might not be performing as best as you think in your sports. Um, and the best things you can do is to seek help your GP, your coach, dietitian, nutritionalist, exercise physiologist.
1: Yeah, and I guess um, I guess from a female perspective as well, there's a there's a um, almost like a bit of a myth, um, especially if you're performing at a higher level, that to um, to miss your your menstrual cycle is something that's considered normal, um, but that that can sometimes be another. Um, I don't know if symptoms are the right word of, of what we've been talking about today. So it's um as I say, many people believe that that it's it's normal for active females, um, but it's it's certainly not, and it can be um it can be a risk factor for your bone health as well. So we're talking about your bony stress injuries and those sort of things. Yeah. So, you know, if if you are a, a female and you are training training hard and you feel like your menstrual cycle has been irregular then that can also be something that you need to investigate because even though some people will tell you that it's normal it, it's it's not
0: <laughs> that's obviously because the body's not getting the nutrients it needs yeah exactly to right. function properly yep. yep. yeah fantastic that's a really good one to look out for isn't it great thank you very much jamie it's been a pleasure having you today no worries thanks for having me Pip. bye if you have a topic you would like covered get in touch via our socials the contact details can be found in the episode notes If you have loved listening today and are looking forward to future episodes, please subscribe, rate our show, share our podcast with your friends, work colleagues and families. So for now, goodbye. Thank you for tuning in today and see you next week.